You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. A blessed morning to everyone. I have been thinking about human beings and our capability to adapt new things. And as I was thinking about this matter, I said, no wonder man would continue to survive and thrive. It's so hard for other creatures to extinct human beings because of our capability in adapting things, adapting to new things. Now, recently, I just came from a meeting of the policy committee of the Christian and Missionary Alliances of the Philippines. We were in Cebu City, and then I was seated beside other pastors who were there. And while lunchtime was served, I noticed that my seatmate did not have rice on his plate. And I told him, are you not eating rice? And he said, no, I'm not eating anymore. For how long? He said, for more than two years. And I asked him the question, did you not struggle? Because we are Filipinos, right? We eat rice in the morning for breakfast, rice at noontime for lunch, and then rice during our dinner. Regardless of the kind of food we eat, even if it's filled with carbohydrates, even if there's spaghetti already, a slice of bread, there is pancit around with puto on the table. Without rice, those are still merienda for us, right? That's how we, we are in terms of eating rice. So I was surprised to hear about this guy who doesn't eat rice for almost two years or two years, more than two years already. And he said it was a struggle at the beginning for a week time when we stopped eating rice in our home. We really struggled. But, you know, as it went on, I was able to adapt. My wife was able to adapt as well until our whole family don't eat rice anymore. That's amazing. We are really capable of adapting to new things in life. There was one time as well that I had a chance to talk with somebody who works for a call center. And that person shared to me that he works during the night and he sleeps during the day. And I told him, well, you shifted to living like a bat. And he said, why? Well, the pattern of your sleep is reverse. For a normal human being, we sleep during the night and we work during the day. And I asked him, are you not struggling with that? And the same answer that I received when he said, well, I struggled at the beginning part of it. But in the long run, I, I got so accustomed to that kind of sleep pattern. So that's my new normal. That's one of the many things why human beings are truly amazing. That when we just give ourselves the chance to adapt, to learn to new things, to, to embrace new things, and when we get so accustomed to it, it becomes a new normal. That's a skill that we have. But that kind of skill can be a problem as well. When will it be a problem? when that skill is applied to the spiritual aspect of life, particularly that thing that is called sin. When sin is not treated as serious as it should be treated, when sin is not dealt with, when sin is not rebuked, and a person would start to do it at one time, and he does it for a second time and for the third time until he becomes so accustomed to it until it becomes a norm 
in his life. You see, a strength can be a weakness depending on the kind of object that we are observing or practicing. Now today we are dealing with Matthew chapter 5 verse 4 that is addressing this kind of issue that I see in our society today. What is this issue? In relation to that idea of sin that has become a norm already. I can see this happening around. People are just lying so easily without feeling remorse even if they are caught. I can see this happening around someone living with someone else even if he's married. And it's becoming a norm in our society. This came from the western part of the world. Now it's happening rampantly in our midst here in the Philippines. You see the influence that they are having over us and this becomes a norm in our time. In those olden days, I can still remember when there were few families that were falling apart. Annulment was never an option for married couples, but this time it has become an option. There are more and more children who are there on the streets. Why? Because their families are broken. Why is this happening? Because adults are beginning to embrace sin as a norm in our time. That's so alarming. No wonder when Jesus spoke about the citizens of the kingdom in the book of Matthew, beginning with chapter 5, he never missed to mention, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Last Sunday, we talked about Matthew 5, 3. Okay? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we learned that it's a, it's a characteristic that every citizen of the kingdom shall possess to have that poor in spirit, which means somebody or a person who is poor in spirit is somebody who acknowledges his inadequacy before God, that that person acknowledges his need of God, not only for salvation, but in every aspect of his being, in every part of his life, he is in need of God. Today, we will be delving into this line in 5.4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What does this verse speak about in relation to sin? Now, I look at this word mourn, and I realize that this word is commonly used in our time to pertain to someone who is going through an emotional distress because of a passing away of a loved one, right? When a friend dies, we mourn. Sometimes we cannot sleep during a night. When a father or a head of the family or a member of the family goes to be with the Lord, we mourn. Sometimes we even find it hard to eat. When my German shepherd dog died a few years ago, we mourned in the family. Why? Because we treated that dog not as a pet. We treated the dog as a member of the family. And for two years, we never had a dog because the memories that we had with that German shepherd dog still was so alive in our mind. We mourn when someone passes away. We mourn when someone close to our heart goes to be with the Lord. That's how we understand the word mourning, oftentimes in the way we use in our time today. However, when I look at the Scriptures, this word has several nuances. 
So I look at the New Testament, and this is what I've discovered. Let's look at this table. In the New Testament, this word mourn is used a few times only, the one that you can see in Matthew 5, 4. It is used in three nuances, commonly used in these three ways. First, to mourn over death. That is commonly known in our time. Second, to mourn over a sin that is committed by the person or a sin that is existing within the society in which that person belongs. Third is that to mourn over a destruction. And looking at the book of Matthew, uniquely he used this word to pertain to mourning over sin. You can find this term being used this way in other parts of the scriptures, like in the book of Nehemiah, in other parts of the scriptures, you can find this word used in this way of understanding. Now, when Matthew mentioned this, he was not talking about a person mourning over the death of a loved one because it won't make sense. Blessed are those who mourn. How can a person, because the word blessed can mean blissful or happy. How can a person be happy if he just lost a loved one, right? You cannot, you cannot be happy and at the same time mourn. It's impossible. When we mourn, we feel sad. We feel the grief deep within our very soul. We don't celebrate when someone passes away. Because there is a pain, a vacuum in the heart that it creates. It makes sense. When we understand that this mourning had to do with a sin committed. And this is the reality that I want us to, to, to have, to perceive, I mean, so that we will be able to address this problem that is happening around us in relation to sin. So Matthew recorded the very words of Jesus when he said, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. In the earlier chapter, you look at chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus, after the baptism, introduced the concept of the kingdom by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I'll repeat. Chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why did he start with the word repent? Because this word introduces the characteristic of the kingdom of God that Jesus is introducing to the people. What is that kingdom? How does it look like? That kingdom is characterized by righteousness. And when Jesus came into this world, he looked around him and he realized that the hearts of the people are evil. It is filled with filth. It is filled with sins. Sin was reigning deep within their very soul. And so when he imagined about the kingdom that he is introducing and the kind of people that he was inviting to become part of the kingdom, they could never be assimilated to the kingdom because the kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness. And so he said to these people listening to him, Repent. Repent. It's the only way that a sinner like you and me can be assimilated into the, into the kingdom of God when we repent from what? From our sins. Even after the death of Jesus, repentance is still a necessary thing for the believers. 
Because when we repent, when we came to know the Lord, we repent of our sins and tell Him, Lord, I would no longer live my life in the way I lived before. Because you are now the Lord of my life. You are not just my Savior. You are my Lord. Your will be done in my life. Thereby, my life will no longer take this direction of sin. Instead, 180 degrees, I'm going to take the other path that goes toward the transformation to become like you in your image. So when we came to know the Lord, we repent. And that's the very moment then when we are assimilated into the kingdom of God. So no wonder why Jesus started the word, the, the statement, repent. And another thing that I want to take note with his statement in verse 17 of chapter 4 is that for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why did he say that the kingdom of God is at hand? Because he was claiming to be the king of the kingdom. Wherever the king is, there goes the kingdom as well. So Jesus coming to this world in the midst of sinful humanity, he brings the kingdom of God because he himself as the king comes into the midst of the sinful human being and he's offering his kingdom by the way of repentance. People shall repent that they may be assimilated into his kingdom. Now in chapter 5, he is now describing the characteristics of the citizens who belong to the kingdom. Last Sunday, we discussed about the first characteristic that, is, um, that, that should be seen from the lives of those citizens in the kingdom, and they shall be poor in spirit. Meaning they are acknowledging their inadequacy before God and that they are in need of Jesus day by day in their lives. Now we're learning, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn over their sins. Why? Because they will be comforted. Other translation for the word comforted is they will be helped. Because the reality is that when sin is reigning in the heart of a person, it does not bring anything other than destruction in the person's life. At the very beginning, the person might think that it's just okay. The person who's committing sin might think it won't do harm to me. But the more you live that, the more you allow that thing to take roots in your very heart, sooner or later, it will cause the greatest destruction you would come to know. Many years ago, I lived in Batu, Si'ai, Sambuanga, Sibugay. And right in front of that house where we stayed was a huge acacia tree. When it was planted... I heard individuals telling my aunt, because she was the, the one owning the house, I heard people telling her, you better destroy the tree. Because if not, you will allow the roots of the tree to go under the ground. And then sooner or later, your pavement, your flooring, it will be destroyed. Cracks would be seen in your floor. And so she, she looked at the tree, and it was beautiful. You know, a case, a tree, if you... If it's spreading its branches all around, you can hear the birds chirping while they are staying on a tree. You, you get to appreciate it as well. Okay, if you seldomly see a case tree, you go to Ebenezer, you'll see a lot of them. It's so nice. It's wonderful. However, the problem is that while it is there, its roots would continue to go downward. Not only downward, but it would spread as well to its surrounding surface. And then a few years later, the roots started to come out. 
And then the flooring of the house started to crack as well. And as I was imagining about this picture, this actually speaks of the image of sin in a person's life. That it is sometimes treated so lightly that we think that it won't do harm, any harm to us at all. Maybe it's just a simple lie. Last Sunday, I discussed with you and I mentioned about venial sin and mortal sin that is perceived by other people. They would say that venial sin are just little things that we commit, mistakes that we commit day after day. They're just small. But no, the Bible doesn't categorize sins. When the Bible speaks about sin, it is really sin. There is no little sin. There is no big sin. It's all, they are all sins before God, before the Holy One. And when he looks at a sin, he deals with sin seriously. And so as God's children, we ought to deal with sins as well seriously. And we shall not just let it stay there for a while, live it because some, uh, uh, it won't do harm anyway. No. When we leave that there, it will take its roots in our lives. And the longer it stays, the more we become so familiar with it. And when we are so familiar with it, it would no longer be something that we would like to be removed from our lives. It's there already. We get so accustomed by its presence until it becomes a norm. But sooner or later, as I have told you, it won't give any do good to you. It would only bring us to destruction. That is why when Jesus thought about the citizens of the kingdom's characteristics, he made sure that mourning over sin is a part of it. It shall be a part of it. And this shall be the characteristic of the church today because when you look out there, when you go to the streets, when you read the news, when you see those countries that are progressing a lot, when people are densely populating a place, more sins are observable. And we can see that sins became a norm to them and that they are no longer disturbed. Because as I have told you at the very beginning of the sermon, oftentimes we are adaptive of things around. Well, sometimes it's good, but it depends on the kind of thing that we are adopting. Because when we begin to adopt sins, when we become so accustomed to it, it's a dangerous thing to happen in a human life, especially to believers. This is a characteristic of the church that must show distinction from the kind of people out there who don't know the Lord. We as God's children shall not tolerate the presence of sin in our lives. We shall deal with sin seriously. Notice this. When a child begins to lie and you remain, you just leave it, you just shrug it off without dealing with it, the child would sooner or later become so accustomed to it. And from a very small lie, the way we categorize it, the lie becomes bigger and bigger and it becomes more serious as days would go by. Let's deal with sin seriously because we worship a holy God and we are now part of his kingdom we already repented at some point in our life in the past 
Let's not go back on that kind of, re- of, that, of that moment before the repentance. We're living a life after repentance. Our direction should be toward the transformation into the likeness of Jesus. Let's leave those past behind already. And let's not, let's not allow sin to take a grip of our hearts and our soul again. Because we belong to God already. What's beautiful with this verse is that when it says, blessed are those who mourn, particularly over sin, it says, for they shall be helped or comforted. And going back to the grammatical feature of the verb there, shall be comforted or shall be helped, it is in, in the indicative mood, it, which it means to say, it is relating something that a fact to happen on a person when he mourns over a sin. Okay? Okay? We don't laugh over a sin. We don't make a joke over a sin. We deal sins correctly and properly as God wants it to be dealt, dealt with. And then when that happens, when we mourn over it, what happens is that God would send a help. Certainly, He will send a help. When we repent, God is going to send a help. God is going to help us. God is going to lead us. God is going to break that chain if it's there already. What's beautiful with the, with the God of the heavens is that when he says help will come, help will come. Unlike before a human being, sometimes when we commit mistake with someone before someone, and we say, no, I'm so sorry about it. I repent from what I have done. And a person will say, um, let me think about it because you have caused a very deep wound in my heart. I don't know if I could still forgive you. That is a normal behavior for human beings. Forgive me. Please forgive me. Please, please. I am repenting already from what I have done in these past years. And the person would say, um, it's hard. Why? Because I'm suffering right now. This suffering that I have, this is the fruit of your, the pain that you created in these past months. I cannot just forgive you. I cannot just lend any help to you. But when we think about the perspective of God, regardless of the kind of sin that we have committed, when we mourn over it, when we repent, when we tell the Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry, right away forgiveness is made available for you and for me. Right away, if we are in bondage, He sends a way for us to be free, to be set free from that kind of bondage where we are struggling about. That's the kind of God that we serve. That is why Jesus is telling, as a citizen of the kingdom, we shall not allow sin to reign over us. And we shall deal with sin seriously. And we mourn over it. Because when we mourn over that sin that was committed by ourselves, by someone close to us, or by the society in which we are a part of, God is going to send a help. We shall live our lives distinctly from how the world lives because we are already citizens of the kingdom. Here is a poem that I would leave you with. I wrote this when I was closer to God. No, I jokingly said because I was on the plane when I wrote this down just yesterday, dawn. I entitled this, What's Wrong with the World? Let me read it to you. What's wrong with the world? 
What's wrong becomes right. What's wrong with the world? This is the time when facts are twisted and truth thwarted. A time when what is rational becomes subservient to the emotional. This is the time when delusional mind is rampant and individual's way of life is dangerously adamant. What's wrong with the world? This is the time when absolutes are shrugged off by many and subjectivism is a, form, a norm embraced behind the face of acceptance. This is the time when gender is no longer identified by the creator but chosen by the creature based on a personal preference. What's wrong with the world? This is the time when comfort rooms are no longer just M or F, but something in the middle is demanded with confusing letters of the alphabet. This is the time when marriage is no longer upheld as a lifetime covenant, but a matter of compatibility that can be done by trial and error. What's wrong with the world? This is the time when both parents are too busy making a living and their children are foolishly squandering moments as their way of living. This is the time, this is the time when abortion is treated as an option and a fetus life is taken without a hint of conviction. What's wrong with the world? This is the time when, doing, when going to church becomes optional but partying and outing are treated so essential. This is the time when what is wrong is rebranded. And those who won't adhere are pointed as close-minded. But for us, we are God's children. And we don't let the trend of our days dictate the display of our ways. When the Bible says it's wrong, it can never be right. When the Bible says it's a sin, we mourn and we repent. Something is wrong with the world and we are called to make it right. You are citizens of the kingdom. I am a citizen of God's kingdom. Let's never let the trend of the world dictate the way we display our ways. Because whatever the Bible says, whenever the Bible says it's wrong, it can never be right. When the Bible says it's a sin. We can never defend it and rebrand it and call another name toward it so that it becomes acceptable. No, not my brother, no, my sister. A sin is always a sin. And the only response that God is desiring from His children is when we conduct it and when we do it, when we committed it, we mourn over it. And God's help would certainly come to you. I don't know what kind of life you're living right now. But if you're living in a difficult moment as a consequence of the sin that you have committed, only mourning over that sin that you have committed can set you free from that kind of situation where you are in right now. If you are going through a tough time because you lied to someone, you distorted the truth, and we are struggling this consequence right now only when we mourn over that mistake that we made that God would come and send help to us. If we keep on holding on to those sins, if we keep on hiding them inside our closet, the Lord would never send help. 
because it's only for the repentant heart, for a heart that mourns over the mistake that is committed, that he would set us free and allow us to experience the grace of Christ that is made available for you and me all the days of our lives. It's time to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I mourn for that mistake that I have committed. And I avail the grace of Jesus, the work of Christ on the cross that made me clean. And it will always be the same thing that can make me clean until forever. Let's mourn over the mistakes that we committed. Don't live with it. Don't, do not keep it. Repent and mourn. And Jesus would bring the joy in our hearts because the help that comes from him only is available to those who call on his name. Let's pray. Lord, we honor you for how you have spoken your words to us today. And I pray that every heart that is here will respond to the call of the Holy Spirit that we will treat sin seriously because we serve a perfect holy God and allow us to live our lives characterized by a soul, a heart that mourns over the sin that we committed and that we open to you our lives in the present that we may receive the help coming from the heavens. Thank you. We honor you and we bless your name for what you are doing in our midst, in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everybody will say to God, Amen and Amen. Good morning and the Lord bless us all. You just heard the message from Zamboanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekai Ministries. See you there!